Portia, we are just two pearls. Join us for adventures in pearls. We'll start with a reflection, shall we? Okay. This one is a poem that Maya Angelou wrote for the 1993 inauguration. It's called On the Pulse of Morning. A rock, a river, a tree host to species long since departed marked the mastodon, the dinosaur, who left dry tokens of their sojourn here, on our planet floor. Any broad alarm of their hastening doom is lost in the gloom and dust and ages. But today the rock cries out to us, clearly, forcefully, come, you may stand upon my back and face your distant destiny, but seek no haven in my shadow. I will give you no hiding place down here. You created only a little lower than the angels, have crouched too long in the bruising darkness, have lain too long in the face, face down in ignorance, your mouth spilling words armed for slaughter. The rock cries out to us today, you may stand upon me, but do not hide your face. Across the wall of the world, a river sings a beautiful song. Come, rest here by my side. Each of you, a bordered country, delicate and strangely made proud, yet thrusting perpetually under siege. Your armed struggles for profit have left collars of waste upon my shore, currents of debris upon my breast. Yet today I call to you my riverside. If you will study war no more, come, clad in peace, and I will sing the songs my creator gave to me when I and the tree and the rock were one. Before cynicism was a bloody seer across your, bow, your brow, and when you, you know, knew nothing, the river sang and sings on. There is a true yearning to respond to singing river and the wise rock. So say to the Asian, the Hispanic, the Jew, the African, the Native American, the Sioux, the Catholic, the Muslim, the French, the Greek, the Irish, the rabbi, the priest, the sick, the gay, the straight, the preacher, the privileged, the homeless, the teacher. They hear, they all hear the speaking of the tree Today, the first and the last of every tree speaks to humankind. Come to me, here beside the river. Plant yourself beside me, here beside the river. Each of you, descendant of some passed-on traveler, has been paid for. You who gave me my first name, you Pawnee, Apache, Seneca, you Cherokee Nation who rested with me, then forced on bloody feet, left me to the employment of other seekers, desperate for gain, starving for gold. You, the Turk, the Swede, the German, the Eskimo, the Scot, you, the Ashanti, the Yoruba, the crew, bought, sold, stolen, arriving on a nightmare, praying for a dream. Here, root yourselves beside me. I am that tree planted by the river, which will not be moved. I, the rock, I, the river, I, the tree, am yours. Your passages have been paid. Lift up your faces. You have a piercing need for this bright morning dawning for you. History, despite its wretching pain, cannot be unlived. But if faced with courage, need not be lived again. Lift up your eyes upon the day that is breaking for you. Give birth again to the dream. Women, children, men, 
Take it into the palms of your hands. Mold it into the shape of your most private need. Sculpt it into the image of your most public self. Lift up your hearts. Each new hour holds new chances for new beginnings. Do not be wedded forever to fear, yoked eternally to brutishness. The horizon leads forward, offering you space to place up new steps of change. Here on the pulse of this fine day, you may have the courage to look up and out and upon me, the rock, the river, the tree, your country. No less to Midas than the medicant, no less to you now than the Mastodon then. Here on the pulse of this new day, may you have the grace to look up and out into your sister's eyes, into your brother's face, your country, and say simply, very simply, with hope, good morning. Amen. Thus ends the reflection. Thank you, Jamie, for sharing. So I actually have a, an adventure story I would like to share with you all in regards to my hair. So a couple of weeks ago, I actually posted a photo on Instagram um, of my new hair. And what's funny is I actually started a new hairstyle. Like I really want to get on this journey with having sister locks. And so I got sister locks installed and I was like, yeah, I'm about to do this thing. I've always wanted to lock my hair and here I go. Right. Well, you know, sometimes in life, Jamie, I've learned that some things don't always go the way you plan. <laughs> you start off trying to do one thing and then life just like, is like, mm, yeah, no. So I had to make a, a hard decision whether to keep up with the process of locking my hair or I could um, cut it off, like let it go. But not like frozen let it go, but like let it go. <laughs> um, and so I decided to let it go. And so I cut off all of my hair. I had a thick, bushy, beautiful crown of hair, which has now um, been reduced to like less like to a half an inch of hair so I literally have like a half inch of hair on my head but I love it you know why I love it because Maxine which is the name of my hair she has gone through so many different changes from coloring to relaxers to braids to now sister locks to now um just a short hairstyle and so I am so in love with this new hairstyle. You know why? Because I could actually see my head. <laughs> <laughs> I could actually see the shape of my head. Um, and I've been having a great time experimenting with um, different um, hats. I haven't worn a hat in so long, Jamie. Like, <laughs> a hat. And so it feels so good to have a hat on my head. Because, you know, having an afro as big as I had, uh -huh. you could not wear hats. So I've been trying on different hats, different beanies, um, the big brim hats, baseball caps, you name it. I've been rocking them. And so I've been enjoying that. And then guess what the next best part I've been enjoying? What have you been enjoying? Wigs. So <laughs> <laughs> I've become a new wiggy. So shout out to all my sisters wearing the wigs. You know, I am just so excited to have joined the wig movement because I can have like long blonde Beyonce hair where no one can recognize <laughs> me or I can wear like really short caps and I've been enjoying it. Um, and so I, what I say that to say is as women, we have an opportunity to experiment and enjoy mm -hmm. as we are young and we can do is whatever we want to do with our hair. It's a way of just saying, here I am, I can experiment, I can um, change up my look and enjoy it. And so even mm -hmm. though I had to make a difficult choice, I've learned to embrace it. And I'm even here now in the studio with you and I have on both a wig and a hat. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just fully embracing this journey and I love it because 
it's just so cool. And so um, not only was I letting go of hair on my head, but I was mm-hmm. emotionally also letting things go that I've just held on to. And sometimes maybe hold on to too many things and just, mm-hmm. just got to let it go. Mm. So I say whatever you're holding on to that you just need to let go, let it go. Okay. That's my adventure. All right. Preach. Yeah. Okay. That's quite adventurous of you. <laughs> and the short hair looks good on her, by the way. Thanks. It's very cute. So, um, yeah, this election cycle mm. was its own adventure. My God. Speaking of adventures, this mm. election cycle was literally insane <laughs> in more ways than one. Mm. Um, and the result of the election is what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of people are in mourning, not just of the results of election night, mm-hmm. but also of everything that we learned about where our nation stands, especially when it comes to gender. Like it looked like there have been all these documentaries made on sexual assault on college campuses. People are finally getting like prosecuted if they rape somebody on a college campus. And now it seems like we're going back in a completely different direction by electing a man who basically brags about sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we have um, the racism that's been brought out in this election. We have just like misogyny on all levels beyond the sexual assault piece. Um, The violence that could potentially be done to our Muslim neighbors, um, to our Latino neighbors. And so it's been pretty insane for those of us who fall into non-privileged racial sexual identity categories Mm -hmm. so how are you feeling after all of this has kind of been worked out where do you stand with all of this you know jamie i'm gonna keep it real (laughs) that's the only thing i know how to do um there's that part of me that's just like dang y'all really um you know the way that these results came out I don't know what 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 hurts were seeing that half of the people that actually went out and voted voted this way mm-hmm. and that the popular vote and the electoral college vote didn't line up mm-hmm. the same. And then also seeing half of, of half of all registered eligible voters didn't vote. Right. Didn't show up. That is just that I think is painful to know that you had an opportunity to really shape this nation um, and you didn't come out and vote. I think that's a point where I'm just like, wow, I don't even know how to how to deal with that. Like that to me is just upsetting. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side, understanding how this election was won is also looking at how our president elect played into the emotional side of the people. And by saying um, he was saying the things that people were genuinely thinking but didn't have the courage to say the things that was like kitchen table talk. And that's the part that's scary for me mm-hmm. is that he played into like the emotions of what some people really felt and what people really, really wanted to hear, mm-hmm. but didn't know how to say it. But once they saw that, it's like, oh, he's an, a character of change. He's mm-hmm. going to create change and right. take us back to the good old days. Whereas um, the good old days of like 1953 right. where black people were being killed well, in the street. We don't want to go back there. Right. So and good he, old days depending on your perspective, I guess. Right. And he played Hillary Clinton out to be a candidate that was the establishment. Right. Mm-hmm. And so people have this mindset of I don't want to go along with the establishment. Mm-hmm. And so if Hillary Clinton is the establishment and 
Donald Trump is the face of change, mm-hmm. people are like, well, I want to go with change. Right. Um, which Barack Obama did very effectively. That's right, it's the Barack Obama campaign. effect. Um, he did very well in his both his campaigns. He did well in presenting change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what people bought into. And so he played that. And mm-hmm. he's just like, oh, man. So I, as a black woman in America, am almost to the point where I'm like, man, I can't believe this. Right. I can't believe this. But I mean, I guess I have to believe it and just say, you know what? This is what we're dealing with. Yeah. So Van Jones was on TV, I guess, the night of the election. And he Mm -hmm. was saying that it's white lash against everything that's happened in the past eight years with Obama. And that's what's, I think, fascinating about it, that I think Barack Obama has been a really strong president of the United States. Absolutely. And he's made it very clear on multiple occasions, much to the chagrin of a lot of super pro-black people, that he is not the president of black America, that he's the president of the United States exactly. of America. However, what's happened under his administration, because he has been open to different voices, is that like there's this whole Black Lives Matter movement. We can finally talk about things like climate change, and there's not like a right. lot of like, ooh, climate change isn't real. There's not a lot of that happening anymore. So we're really pushing in a direction where that kind of activism can happen, where like young black people can rise up and like speak on our own terms. Right. And so I feel like it's a backlash against, you know, we're Yale students. So we saw what happened last year with the protest on Yale's campus and Mm -hmm. on a lot of other college campuses about free speech versus like respecting people who do come from other cultures who they don't want to see you in blackface. They don't want to see you dress up as a Native American. Like, that's not cool. And now it's like after all of that has happened, which like white America took as an attack on them that we said, don't wear blackface. They took that (laughs) as a personal attack. And so then you have the Donald Trump who comes out and it's like, we're not going to be politically correct anymore. And so it's really challenging, I think, and gut wrenching as people who are really into the kind of change that was brought with President Obama, not necessarily by President Obama, but with him Mm -hmm. because he allowed it to happen. Um, and it just feels like something is being snatched away, like literally overnight that freedom is being taken away. And the way that um, Donald Trump has kind of taken over the media by saying, like, these media outlets, I don't want you guys at any of my things, but I'm going to be on Twitter at 3 a.m. And that's going to control the narrative. Right. As so the narrative on Twitter at 3 a.m. has been Black Lives Matter. And now he's reclaiming that narrative and turning it into well, Alicia Machado was a fat piggy, you know? So he's reclaiming back that narrative the same way that black youth and young adults got the narrative. He's yep. now snatching that back. Right. And his wife is taking up cyberbullying. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to specifically talk about the way that race was talked about in this election. Yeah. In my humble opinion, yeah. you know, I'm a Hillary Clinton um, uh, supporter as a human being. I really mm-hmm. support her as a human being. Um, she's a Wellesley alumna. She's done so much in terms of um, public service. Mm-hmm. Literally her entire career, like literally from the moment she graduated from college, she's been in public service. Um, but I don't love what she's done with race on her record. You better say that. So let's talk about the race issue in particular. I don't think either one of them did a good job. No, they didn't. (laughs) And I'm so glad you brought that up, Jamie, because that was the primary reason as to why I was like, and this is the thing. I never claimed to quote unquote to say I'm with her, the Mm -hmm. whole hashtag because of how she dealt with race and that, because that's so important to who I am as a black woman, I could never utter 
oh, I'm gung-ho, I'm with her because of how she dealt with race. But they both, on both sides, did a poor job. Hillary panhandled the black community a lot. For instance, she made a comment. Um, someone was saying, oh, Hillary, what are you carrying? Um, what's in your purse? And she's like, I got hot sauce in my bag. <laughs> and she's like, hot sauce. And they're like, are you panhandling the black community? And she's like, is it working? And I'm like, Hillary, it's not funny. Like, I get what you're trying to say, but that doesn't fly well with millennials. Like, we see right through that. Right. Um, and then Donald Trump, the African-Americans, what do you have to lose? It's like, we have everything to lose. Like, what are you talking about? And so they both dealt with race differently but mm-hmm. poorly mm-hmm. and so that that was a common theme she panhandled and tried to like joke her way in he explicitly was just rude and disrespectful to our community mm-hmm. just flat out and i just yeah no well <laughs> it was no. really i think it was really challenging because i'm um, secretary former secretary of state hillary clinton uh of course she is the wife of a former president mm-hmm. who we all thought when he was in office that he was doing good things for our we community. He was. Right. And as everything has come out in the wash, you know, there are all these old clips of her calling black youth super predators. Right. Like there's, there's all of that that comes out. And even with the black lives matter movement, her original response was like, well, you black people need to do something about that. You know? And then when she saw like, we're not, we're going to go vote for somebody else. When she saw that, that's when I feel like she started coming around and being like, Oh, how can I support you? Because she really wanted the votes. Um, So I'm not, you know, convinced with what ended up happening. You know, I remember in the last, what, like week or so of the election, Jay-Z and Beyonce came out for her and like she was hanging out with Pharrell and like (laughs) all of that. And it switched from being the Lena Dunham and Katy Perry. I like Katy Perry, but Katy Perry, uh, Lady Gaga, like a very like white feminist bracket Mm -hmm. to like, Oh, gosh, got to call Barack and Michelle and see if they can get Beyonce on the next plane over here. Right. (laughs) As if Beyonce is some spokesperson for the black community. And, you know, we love Beyonce. She's like, if I could just tap into that beehive Mm -hmm. and get some of that, honey, my campaign would be all the more sweeter. Like, no, Hillary girl, no. Right. It don't work like that. Right. But that's what she really tried to do. Right. Um, And within the black (laughs) female community, um, she did it. Well, granted, she did. Uh, I guess 50 percent of the eligible population didn't actually show up to vote. But those of us in the black female community who showed up to vote, vote, what, 96 percent for yeah, Hillary Clinton? Exactly. We showed um, up and showed out. And even the white women, you know, and that's the thing with Hillary Clinton. And that's why I'm saying I really like her as a person, because I think every woman who's ever striven to do to like reach any goal mm-hmm. can relate to Hillary Clinton. Absolutely. I'm. Um, because of all of the like backlash that comes against women in leadership um because of like losing in very public ways like she's had a lot of public losses this is not her first major public loss but she keeps stepping up to the plate because she cares about this i really believe she cares about this country oh i do too um but the issue is when she says women and children she doesn't even think about black communities brown communities lgbt communities she thinks about women and children who look and behave and act like her and if they just had this resource they would be able to move forward right in the all-american sort of way right um so yeah it was really challenging to watch the way that i feel like as black women we really took it as an obligation like we are obligated Mm -hmm. to vote for hillary clinton Mm -hmm. um and other communities that it seemed like would have supported her like women who were just like her 
did not feel that obligation at all. And so it really calls into question, you know, um, people say that over and over again, especially in the last stages of this election cycle, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the DNC on, that black women kept saving the day for her. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, my question, I guess, just to kind of wrap this up is like, as black women, like, what are we to say to these things? You know, like we really turned out to try to point the country in a particular direction. Mm -hmm. And the country like took its little electoral college paw and like slapped us down really hard. Really hard. Like almost all of us voted for Hillary Clinton. So like, what are we to say to these things? You know, I think as black women, we ought to be proud of ourselves. That I think that 96% represents more than just Hillary Clinton. It represents us you know, coming together as a community, which we're good at. I think it comes, it shows how we can come together as sisters, which I think we're good at. I think black women, we have been the backbone of a lot of movements. We've Mm -hmm. been the backbone of a lot of situations and scenarios throughout the history of this country. Mm -hmm. And I think that 96% represents that. And so um, I think we we give ourselves a round of applause for doing our civic duty and, and actually standing up for those who didn't have an opportunity. And I think we also took our vote seriously, that we yeah. had the opportunity to do something that our grandmothers and foremothers couldn't do. Right. And so I think that's what that 96% represents for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I would hope that we can reach out to each other the way that this Maya Angelou poem, all the way from 1993, it like speaks freshly, I think, to mm-hmm. our current moment. Um, And she says at the end of the poem, on the pulse of this new day, you may have the grace to look up and out into your sister's eyes, into your brother's face, your country, and say simply, very simply, with hope. Good morning. This episode was produced by our producer, Dan Warren. Keep up with our adventures on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on our website, JustTwoPearls.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at just 2 pearls Email us at adventures at JustTwoPearls.com. We are a production of the 224 Ecospace. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.